0: You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we are going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now, let's get curious and go explore something. Hey, friend. Tell me this, do you feel like your art isn't really growing? Do you feel like it's a little bit stuck? Or maybe you feel like you have all of these great ideas, you just don't have time to do anything about them. Or maybe you feel like you have the ideas and you have the time, but your skills are a little lacking. You can't quite translate what's in your head onto the paper. Or maybe you don't even know where to start you want to be creative you want to do something but you just you don't know how to get from that idea to that painting or that weaving or whatever it is that you want to do well what if you could have a whole week where you just focused on your art you took art classes you played with new materials you learned new skills you took the ideas in your head, the beauty you saw, and you made it into something tangible and real that you could hold in your hands. If you took those skills that you were learning and you learned how to put them to paper and translate your ideas and make those beautiful ideas in your head real, would that week be a game changer for you? Does that sound like so much fun and you're like yes that's exactly what I want. I just want a couple of days to just make some stuff. I want to see how other people are using some really cool art supplies and I want to get my ideas out on paper. I want to paint. I want to make a mess. I just want to have fun and just spend some time creating and just immersing myself in the beauty that is painting and drawing and creating can happen for you I have I have that for you friend so if you are listening to this and you're like yes I want to learn more I want to spend more time making I want to make some art today please join me at the radiant art retreat we are going to have a full week of creative workshops taught by different artists and different teachers that are going to teach you so many new skills and give you so much time to create let me tell you about a few of the workshops that we're going to have first every morning we're going to have a yoga workshop and you might be thinking oh good you know it's fun to stretch and get moving yes but we are going to take it a step further and we're going to connect with our creative center and our creative energy and we're going to work on opening our minds up and inviting our creativity and our inspiration in. And so you're going to learn different stretches and different mindfulness activities through these yoga workshops that you're going to be able to take home with you and keep doing every time you have your creative time that you get to put some paint to paper. We're going to do some more creative movement and mindfulness exercises. I'm going to walk you through an exercise where we are going to picture what the living, breathing incarnation of our creativity looks like. And you are going to meet that creativity. You're going to envision it. You're going to bring it to life and you're going to invite it in. And then we're going to move into our next workshop with our guest artist Katie Smith who's going to be with us for the week who is going to teach you how to paint that creativity. She's going to help you bring that to life through teaching you her galaxy painting techniques. So you're going to learn how to paint the night sky, how to paint the galaxy and stars and comets and asteroids and planets and all of that beautiful stuff that is in our dreams but we're going to do it in a way where we're going to paint our creativity so that you are going to be able to look at this painting that's going to hang on your wall every day and think that is my creativity i am inviting it in to this creative space and we're going to create something together today i am also going to teach a photography class and you might think wait what does i have to do with painting it has everything to do with painting you guys we're gonna look past the photography and we're gonna learn how to see we're gonna look for the beauty the patterns the shapes the colors the textures the ideas and we're gonna learn to capture those and we're gonna learn how to take some beautiful photos don't worry but then we're gonna use those ideas that you capture for multiple more of our workshops and you don't have to have a fancy camera you just need your phone for this workshop We are going to take those images that you have found, we are going to go on a couple of different photo walks, one in the city, one around the lake in the forest, and Katie is going to teach you her field sketching process, so you're going to learn the basics of field sketching, we're going to paint the lake on location, you're going to learn how to choose a color palette, how to know what scene to paint how to be abstract, how to be specific and realistic, how to mix all of those things together to create the beauty that you see in front of you. And then I'm gonna teach you how to paint the city in an abstract. So we're gonna take those ideas, that beauty that you find, and we're gonna turn it into an abstract painting that tells the story of the city in shapes and color and movement and line without actually using any words. and You're going to be able to take this skill home again. And anytime you travel, you can paint what you actually see from Katie's workshop, or you can use the abstract to represent the feeling and the story that you experienced while you were out and about. We're going to jump to a whole new medium now, because I truly believe that this Creative life that we live is not just about one medium. The more things that we explore and experience, the richer our creativity becomes, and the more diverse our skills are, the more tools we have to get our ideas onto the page. And so, I'm going to teach you how to weave. You're going to go home with a full weaving kit, uh, a handmade loom that you're going to be able to take home and keep weaving on. And we are going to use the beauty from the lake to inspire our weaving. So you're going to learn how to weave. There are going to be so many fun workshops. And also every meal we have, our chef is going to teach us something. It will be something interactive that you will be able to do because again, everything we do is a creative act. So cooking, eating, Enjoying our meal together will be part of our creative process. And so you're going to have, you're going to walk home with so many amazing skills that you're going to be able to translate in so many different ways. So if this sounds like the perfect week for you and you've been thinking about this, but you're just not sure, but if you feel like your creative skills could use this boost, if you can use this time to really hone in on your creativity, invite it into your daily life. And turn it into something beautiful. This week is for you. There are only a very, very few spots left. And I am closing registration on September 25th. So if you want to join us. Now is the time to do it. You can register at lauren-likes.com Backslash retreat. And grab your spot today. So that you can take those creative dreams you have. And turn them into a creative life full of art and joy. I cannot wait to see you there. Now let's get on to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of How She Creates. Today I have Ashley Becker from Sayla Designs on to share with us about her beautiful handmade jewelry business that she is using to create good in the world using her creativity. Ashley, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited.
0: I am so thrilled that you're here. I found, I can't remember how exactly I found your jewelry, but it's so, so beautiful. And I love following you for your fashion and your style and of course your jewelry. And then we're going to dig all into that today. So if you want to give us just a quick introduction to who you are.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, I am Ashley. I'm a mom. I have four kids. Um, And I also founded a nonprofit jewelry company, Sela Designs, um, where I'm able to use my creative energy and um, also do some good in the world and just have an outlet. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I also run a business from home. And so it's just become my way of expressing myself to the world and being able to share Good products, and um, I'm very much into ethical fashion and fair trade as well, and just be able to share that with everybody in the world.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you have such a great um, body of resources that you share. Uh, I love, I love that you are like a very holistic sharer, if that's the right word. Um, you know, you don't just share your jewelry, but you share how to wear it and fun clothes. And I love this vintage shopping that you're doing and sharing about how to style that lately. Is that just for the summer or do you do that all the time?
1: Um, I do that all the time. So I love to share fair trade businesses and businesses that have meaning and purpose behind them, especially So I've always kind of had a a thing for fashion. So I've been able to incorporate that with the jewelry and really share more than just this is what I do. But I want to collaborate and share what other women are doing as well and really encourage them in the process. And then I've always loved um, buying secondhand. I think that's pretty much the most ethical way we can shop. Um, And so I started, it's called a Thrifty Thursday style. So every Thursday I share an outfit on Instagram stories or in my feed um, that I fully thrifted. So top to bottom, everything but the shoes. And so it's always interesting to see kind of what I'll be able to come up with next week.
0: Oh, that is so fun. We'll have a link to that in all of our show notes. Uh, The show notes will be at lauren-likes.com slash podcast, of course. And you can find Ashley, what is your Instagram handle so people can go check you out really quickly?
1: Yes, it's Sela Designs. So S-E-L-A
0: Designs. Awesome. Um, Okay, I'm getting so far ahead of myself. So I want to back up. And can you tell us what your creative story is and how you fell in love with art and making and then eventually jewelry making?
1: Yes. I. Um, when my oldest son was born, he's now 10, I quit my corporate job and I was used to working a lot of hours. I was a little bit of a workaholic, maybe 50 or 60 hours a week. And so I found myself home and just needing some sort of creative outlet. Um, it was hard for me. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely a hard transition for me going from having all this mental stimulation and creative work to do to just being home with a baby um, and not having that same kind of outlet. So I had dabbled in making jewelry just for fun. And so I started doing it a little bit more and more um, as gifts for friends and family and um, as a way kind of to raise money for my husband to go on a missions trip to an orphanage in Mexico. And that kind of started the whole thing. And it really um, was a hobby for quite a long time. And just kind of what I did while my
0: kids napped really to begin with. And did you grow up making, did you have a creative job? I
1: didn't. So I had a job that in a company that was um, just going public. So I wore a lot of different hats I didn't work necessarily in a creative um, kind of role, but I did a lot of different things from recruiting and training salesmen. Um, I actually did public speaking training with them all the way through to being able to do financial analysis for earnings calls. And um, just I got to fly around the country in a private jet and work with a lot of the higher ups. And it was just a job that allowed me to use all different facets of my brain. And I think that really helped prepare me to be able to run a business where you're, uh, you know, working, doing all the things as an entrepreneur, you know, we um, do have to do everything from marketing and creative design and launching to, um, you know, accounting at some point. So, I think that it really prepared me for that. And it was a very different sort of creative way. And I've, um, but I've always loved using my hands and being able to
0: create something and say, I made that. Um, So. So wait, let's talk about how you went from a job where you were flying in a private jet to now your business, you donate 100% of your profit.
1: Yeah, so I always... Um, I come from a family line of people that are extremely generous, so generosity is really important to me, and um, I just, like I said, when I first started making jewelry, I actually sold some of it so that my husband could go on a missions trip. Um, We were now a one-income family, and so that was an adjustment for us, but it was something that I was really passionate about and really felt strongly about. And so um, we didn't have the financial means to give like I wanted to, and like I had been able to before that. So I wanted to do something to give back. Um, I knew that I could, you know, eventually, if I wanted to go back to the corporate world, that those doors would be open for me um, because of the connections I had made. But I really wanted to do something to help people. And even though I maybe could have um, taken a part-time job in corporate, it was more important to me to be able to be flexible and be home with my kids, and then also be able to help other people. So I basically looked at what I could do from home and what I had the ability to do in the nooks and crannies of time that were available to me, and just said, well, I'm going to go for this because I love creating and I love to say, hey, I made that.
0: Um, And I'm just going to see what happens. This is the literal definition of using your creativity to create good. That is amazing. And so tell me, do you feel like because you're not trying to, you know, make a bottom line or, you know, send your family on vacation, you know, you're not dependent personally on this money and it's all to be given away, do you feel like your motivation to, um, earn is, is different when it comes to, you know, creating, cause I know that's a big problem that a lot of people have is once, you know, their hobby becomes their job. Now, you know, the money is all wrapped up in the art and it becomes really a difficult kind of mind game. How do you feel like that's different for you since you're not personally receiving that income?
1: You know, it, um, has been very freeing for me and that I haven't had to take a salary to this point. Um, But I'm not so much a person that's motivated by me getting the money, um, but I am very highly motivated still to grow and to um, pursue the business and grow the business, even though it's not for my benefit, I still am motivated by helping others and I can still set a goal and work towards goals really well. So, um, I'm different probably in that way that I am not so driven by my own personal gain, but I still set the goals and I still feel this weight of like, I have to hit this goal because I need to like, for example, last, um, Christmas during the holiday season, we set a goal to, um, fully fund a rescue mission through international justice mission. They work extensively throughout the world to end modern day slavery. So the goal was that we were going to fund a rescue mission, which costs over $6,000. And so we had to make that much profit in the holiday season. And, um, So that was a really big goal, and I was a little bit intimidated by it, but when I'm working towards something like that, even though it had nothing to do with my bottom line or my personal um, gain, I worked my tail off for that, and we ended up hitting the goal, and we were able to fully fund that rescue mission, and I later received a call from IJM saying that two women had been rescued who had been trafficked for about six weeks, And their captors were um, arrested and I got pictures of the girls and it was so encouraging to me to keep going. But it was I mean, it lit such a fire in me that, you know, makes me realize that my work is so important and that it's not just about what I can get out of it or what I can build for myself but there are actual literal people whose freedom is hinging on this. So for me, that is so, so powerful and so motivating.
0: So I completely take my question back. This is way more pressure than working for yourself. Wow. What an incredible motivator, like you said, to, to make this possible. I mean, that is a lot of weight. Gosh, that is so beautiful.
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes I tell my husband I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders and he says, "You know, you got to let go of some of that." And I do, but I take it so seriously, I think even more so than I would, you know, if the income were for a family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're literally saving lives. That's that's a big deal. That's using some creativity for good right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So will you tell us a little bit more about the other um, organizations that you support? Sure.
1: Yeah, we, every month, so we support specific organizations. Um, We have a set amount of money that goes to them every single month. And the goal is to keep increasing those organizations or to be able to continue increasing the funds. Um, The very first one that we started with is Ebenezer Grace, a children's home in Ethiopia that is doing really holistic care with children, Um, kids that maybe will eventually be adopted out and back into families or end up back with their own families when they can care for them again, but also kids who have major disabilities that in their culture and society are not wanted. Um, They're seen as very low in the society and they simply won't be cared for unless somebody else steps in and takes care of those kids. So that's one of the ones that I'm super passionate about. Orphan care has always been a big thing for us. Um, Another one that we work with is in Madagascar, who has taken kids off the beaches and off the streets and provided safety for them. These kids otherwise would be trafficked, would be sold as slaves, whether it's sexual slavery or Um, As work labor slaves, um, these kids basically were completely uncared for and living on the beach, um, begging and scraping for food. And now they have shelter. They are being provided education and clothing and safety. Um, So that's another one that we work with every single month. We also do work with a local organization that provides housing for people have no other option and a life skills training program. Um, everything from financial training to intense counseling and working through major life issues. Um, people who have been drug addicts for 30 years and now want to turn their life around. So it's a full holistic program. It's called LifeHouse and um, the work that they do is just beautiful and incredible and we feel strongly about not only doing work overseas and in third world countries, but also in our own backyard.
0: Awesome. We'll have links to all of these organizations in the show notes again at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. So if you guys want to look more into them and see, you know, if you buy Ashley's jewelry, uh, see the programs that you're supporting. And if you want to get involved with these programs, we highly highly encourage that for yourself also. Um, so Ashley, what is so tell us a little bit more about Sila. Uh what is your process like when you're coming up with a new design, when you're creating? Tell walk us a little bit through your your Sure. Artistic so day.
1: I think that the creative process is very messy. Um <laughs> I currently work in my home and I have a couple other people who have in the last year started working with me and I've trained them um, in making jewelry and I do all of the design work still every piece is by um, brain power but I'm constantly saying "Ooh, I have an idea I have an idea and you know they're always laughing like of course you do it's another day you have another idea But uh, I work a lot on my kitchen table and there is always jewelry everywhere in my home. And sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming and we're kind of getting to a point where we need to, uh, we're moving into another space. But um, it's just literally seeing, I am inspired by so many different things. Um, One of the earrings that's coming out in my fall collection here this coming in September um, is inspired by a light that I saw. And I thought this shape was just incredible. And I thought, I got to figure out how to make that. That could be an earring. So I literally took that screenshot of a light that I saw and um, turned it into a piece of jewelry. And so that's kind of, I see something and I you know, scribble down a little bit of an idea and I keep that notebook and then I go back and look through them. And some of the ideas are terrible, honestly, but a lot of them turn out to be really beautiful. And I just start playing with the pieces that I have available to me and um, figuring out how to make it work and how to
0: just create something that I would want to wear. That's my favorite story. I love to hear where people get inspired and get their ideas from. That's so fun. I can't wait to see that one. Um, And you work with a lot of different materials. Uh, I have a leather pair of earrings from you that is my all-time favorite. It's the Delilah in brown. They're just so like classic and they go with everything. I love them so much. Um, But tell us about the different materials that you work with.
1: Love hearing that. Um, so one thing for me, I I love handmade. So I've always loved handmade. Um, my mom was a maker when I was a little girl, not of jewelry, but a different kind of maker. So I've always appreciated unique materials, and that was one of the first things that I started with. Was I wanted something that wasn't from a big box store? So I'm currently working with um, tagua nuts are a huge part of my business in. People don't, haven't seen them or heard of them before, but what it is is a nut that grows in the Amazon rainforest. Um, It's the fruit of a palm tree and it's like a coconut pod. When you slice it open, there are all these nuts inside and the nuts are harvested. They're dried, sliced, and dyed by artisans in Ecuador. And then when I get them, I can um, drill all the holes, design every piece myself. Um, I can do a lot of different things with them. But I love that every bit of the process with Tagua is handmade. So start to finish. We're talking about a completely natural, eco-friendly material that needs to be harvested. It's good for the environment that the nuts are harvested and it's dyed with vegetable dyes. So it's just this like beautiful holistic material that's lightweight and it's great to wear. Um, and I incorporate tagua in a lot of my work. Um, and then I use a lot of leather uh, in earrings, especially um, leather earrings are so lightweight and they're just beautiful. Like you said, they're easy to wear and they're timeless. So I love using those two materials primarily, but we do a lot of um, brass and metal accents um, in our pieces. And just, I just love to use materials that are naturally sourced and good for the environment and just something that you don't see every day.
0: Yeah, and all of your, your materials are fair trade, correct? As much as possible. Um,
1: I source all of my chains and metal pieces from other small businesses. Um, One works a lot in Europe. Another one is located in Canada. You know, um, we try really hard to know where everything comes from. And at the end of the day, not every supply chain is perfect. I will be very honest about that, but I, I do my absolute best to make sure that every person, that touches anything that I'm working with is treated fairly and with dignity.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. And like you said, no one can be perfect in all of those things. Um, So I have a question, and I don't even know how to phrase it. The, The material that's really popular right now that almost looks like a resin, what is that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes,
1: that's acetate yes yes do you yes. that I don't um and the reason is because I can't source it ethically um that's the hardest part for me is uh, looking at the material it's wildly popular I know that I could sell a lot of jewelry made out of it but I simply can't find a supplier that's not working in um, an area that I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with, you know, um, I, I haven't been able to find any that's not made in China. And so I just haven't used it.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah, that's so interesting to know. Yeah. I I don't know anything about that. Um, so can you, you're about to release a new collection. Can you tell us a little bit of the behind the scenes about how this collection came to be? What inspired it? Where you got your ideas from? Oh, what we can be looking at. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited.
1: I love fall. It's my favorite time of year. I have such a hard time limiting myself in fall to a certain number of colors, but it's um, a beautiful collection. Again, there's leather statement earrings. There's also tagua pieces, um, a couple statement necklaces that are really uh, like a, a piece of art all in their own. Every piece of tagua is unique because it is hand shaped and hand formed. Um, so we're talking a lot of beautiful, rich tones and um, just inspired a lot of fall is inspired by nature. Um, we have some beautiful, rich, rust leather that I'm so excited about and I can't wait for everyone to see. And um, just some nice chocolatey browns and warm, golden tones and. Um, I'm so excited. We were able to shoot the collection um, in Door County, which my parents have a cottage at and use their cottage and just really have a fun time showing off these pieces. I'm so excited about it.
0: Oh, that does sound really dreamy. Um, Do you have any certain sources that inspired the designs of these?
1: Um, You know, I've been thinking about fall for quite a while so I wouldn't say it's any one specific thing that inspired fall but it's just the love of I live in Wisconsin and here we have the most gorgeous fall and the colors in the trees and um, just kind of the warm cozy feeling that is here and that's just what I've grown up with and that's been my whole life so it's my favorite season it's my favorite time to design and to just, um, just absorb all that nature has to offer.
0: Yeah, I agree. Fall is really inspiring. And I, I have a hard time like putting my finger on exactly why or exactly what it is either. It's something about those rich colors that, yeah, it's, it's so good.
1: Oh, it's so good. And it's like the sweater weather
0: and you know,
1: the coffee.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it, yeah, I think it's also fun, like, all the layering that you can do in fall. You can wear so many additional, like, layers of, like, cardigans mm-hmm. and sweaters and, you know, lots of jewelry and beanies and, like, extra cute things that, you know, you can't in summer. Like, you have, like, shorts and yes. a t-shirt option in right, summer.
1: Right, Absolutely. I mean, fashion is better in the fall. Everything's better
0: in the fall, right? Um, yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. So we're talking about this big idea of using our creativity to create good in the world. How else do you see that being done?
1: Well, you know, I talk about jewelry a lot because um, that's the art that I work in, but really, truly, Sela Designs and the whole idea of this thing is its not just about jewelry. It's about teaching women that we can use what's in our hands to do good. So for me, that happened to be to develop a skill and an art form of making jewelry to start a story and to start a conversation that, you know, we can look beautiful, but we can wear freedom on our bodies and we can share that with other people. And I want to empower women to not just share the story of yes, I am wearing a piece of jewelry that's beautiful, but it saved a life. That's beautiful. But also that you can do this too. Um, I'm not the only person who can do this. If I can do it, I think anyone can do it. And so maybe it looks different for other people. But I think that we all have something to give and we all have something that we're good at that we can use for the good of others, whether it's Um, baking something for somebody or taking care of a child or using your accounting skills to help somebody or whatever that skill or thing is that you're really good at you can find a way to do good and to love people through that if you're willing to look for that way and willing to um, choose to see it
0: what a beautiful way to think about serving and our creativity, because you know there's always someone having a baby or someone in the hospital, or you know someone just going through a hard time, and you know we sign up for those like meal trains and stuff. and I'm like, I'm just gonna do takeout. Um you know, I'm just gonna deliver you guys something, but thinking about I can use my creativity to cook something beautiful and delicious and you know good for you that I can use as a way to like serve, and that's using your creativity too. I love, love those examples you gave. That is a really good way of expanding our thinking of using our creativity for good.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, like you said, if you, even if you do feel like you're going to give them takeout, don't ever feel like that's not enough or that's not beautiful enough Yes, it is, because you worked hard for those dollars that paid for that takeout, and that mom is so grateful that you did that for her, and she doesn't care where the food came from, you know what I mean? She didn't have to take care of it, and you did that for her, so that's a beautiful gift, however it is that you meet that need. The point is that the need was met, and that you gave something of yourself, to meet that need for another person. And that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am definitely not knocking takeout. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I appreciate no. that any day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you, Ashley? You know,
1: like I said before, it's a lot of ideas all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of vetting through which ones are good, bad, and indifferent. and um, Sometimes you you know you just need to step back from all the creating and really sit in what you've already created and see the beauty in what's already there. Um, but my husband is also a very creative person. He does new product development in his work, so we have two very creative people. And um, for us, sometimes you know we we need to step back from it a little bit, but just savor it and be thankful for those gifts that we have and um, instill that in our children. Um, You know, that they live in this environment of, well, we can make that so often and in so many ways. And so it's just a way of life for us. But um, seeing the beauty in all different aspects of life Is I think one of the greatest things about having kind of a creative mind and just the way that we see the world is, um, you know, maybe a little bit different than others. But I love I love having the ability to create, but also to appreciate art in so many different forms and what other artists have to offer to the world.
0: I love that you're teaching your kids the ability to, to, you know, make things over purchasing things. You know, that is one of my greatest downfalls in life because I think I can make everything. And then, you know, it takes me like eight years to get around to making it when we could have bought it for four bucks.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so my husband says that to me a lot, too. He's like, seriously, you don't have to make everything. But it teaches our kids so much to use their hands and to imagine things. So I love it.
0: I know. I do too. Um, so you you talked about having so many ideas and trying to figure out which ones are good, which ones you need to maybe leave alone. How do you do that with your designs and, and your ideas in general? How do you know what's what's good and what needs uh, to be put know, away?
1: You know what? Sometimes it's just trial and error over the years. But I, I think editing is um, one of the hardest things for a creative person in general, an editor is like worth their weight in gold, even when it comes to writing, right? Editors do amazing work and make the finished product even more beautiful. So for me, that looks like typically I will sit down and just create a whole bunch of things. And a lot of times half of it doesn't even make it. Nobody ever sees it. Um, so for, in a really practical sense, I'll start taking pictures of everything that I've made. And I'll look at the pictures myself and start weeding out, oh, maybe that one wasn't as good as I thought in my mind. Um, and then I also have a group of women that I love and my mom and my sister and my sister-in-law and a couple friends that all start sending pictures like, what do you think of this one? Would you wear this? Can you picture this on your body, um, kind of thing? And they're really good about just being straight up and honest and saying, um, throw that one away or I, I want that right now. And it's the ones that they all say, and it'll, you know, a couple of pieces will really stand out and they'll say, um, can you send that to me right now? <laughs> and then, you know, like that's the winner.
0: Oh, yeah. And see, and you're, you're very established. You've done this for a long time. And you're still saying a 50%. I think that's a really important thing for people to remember of like 50% of an established artist output is is not gonna make it, you know, yes. and I think that's that's so hard for us when we're just getting started, you know, when we're still at that, like, kind of 80% where mm-hmm. things are not great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I struggle with the editing so, so much. So how long have you been running, Saila? So I started Sayla Designs as a
1: hobby um, more like, oh gosh, eight years ago. And then the last um, three years, three or four years have been much more focused as okay it's going to be a business now and I still to this day work part-time but I've been making jewelry for 10 years so not to say it's all been good like you said there's been a whole lot of editing but now I have such a process and um, it's really been honed in but that took years and a lot of time um, to develop.
0: Yeah. So I'm really interested in this idea right now of, of kind of seasons of creating. So do you feel like you go through a time where you're just creating, you're just experimenting and then you kind of go into the production process for new collections or how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm getting to a place where I, I mean, I used to make one of everything. So I would just sit down and for fun, make one of everything, but it's not like that anymore. Um, now it's designing a collection and then making those pieces uh, still extremely small batches. But I've gotten to the point where I'm able to hand off some of that production kind of making to other people that I've taught and trained. And I think my hands still touch every single piece that ever leaves my door because I quality is really important to me. But yes, yeah, so we work in. I design a collection, and then those pieces get made for the next few months until the next collection comes. So I'm not designing every single day. I'm. I've learned to save ideas, like I said before, and kind of write those down and save. Um, even if I feel like I need to get. idea out I have an idea in my mind and I just need to get it out into a physical product I'll save it until the next collection so now I currently have pieces for the holiday season we do a small launch um in November too for holiday pieces stocking stuff or stuff like that but I will save things that I know are good but there's not room for it in this collection for another time um because you simply can't design all the time. And when things get really busy, it's hard. I don't like to be under pressure to design. I prefer to let it naturally just kind of come out.
0: Yeah. And that's a big difference when you're working with a team too, because if it's just you, you can like throw in that extra piece at the last minute. But you know, if you're having to work with everyone, you really have to, like you said, like edit yourself and Mm -hmm. uh, really hone in on what you're doing. That's a that's a tough skill for creative people.
1: Yeah. And I've only, honestly, I've been working this way for about a year now, for two years now. And so it's just been learning as we go and figuring out what works.
0: Um,
1: and it's just, you know, doing it and trying things. And sometimes it doesn't go as planned and sometimes it works beautifully. So we're learning and um, it's just, for me um it's more of a fun job than um anything else and you know of course there are elements of it that are just work but it's also just really fun
0: yeah what would you say is your biggest success creatively um
1: You know, there are pieces, so many pieces that I love that I look at and they've been timeless for me that I've been wearing for years. And I see that as such a success, a piece that five years later, I still want to put it on. Um, So those are things that I love. I have a necklace called the favorite necklace and it, you know, it was created on a whim during a nap time and I took pictures of it and I thought to myself, Hey, this is a good one. And I'm still to this day, that's my top selling necklace. Um, so I definitely see that as a creative success, but, um, this year I've partnered with another company and fair Indigo, and I designed a collection exclusively for them. And so in the world of designing and, um, seeing myself now as a designer, not just somebody who makes random things, um, really developing a collection that another brand wants to sell and that other people, um, have admired and loved that to me is, um, you know, a great success in this journey.
0: Yeah. You know, we talk about, you know, you create art for yourself and we, we, do but especially in your your sense and your field seeing other people react to it and love it and want to partner with you and wear your pieces that's really where the magic comes in
1: absolutely um yeah it's that's that is to me that was like such a cool cool experience to be able to do that and to work with other people and to see how much they love it is just really cool um
0: So what would you say is a struggle for you as an artist?
1: Um, I think the comparison trap can be huge, watching the way other people do things. And um, even comparing how come I'm not um, as successful as they appear can be something that creeps into all of our minds, no matter what stage the game or what stage your business or your hobby or your creative thing is in we can all get trapped in comparison and feeling like i haven't done enough or it's not good enough um and i think that that happens to me just like it happens to anyone else um and to really fight that we have to choose collaborate, I think, with other people. I think that really helps choosing collaboration over competing with other people. And sometimes we just have to take a step back and be quiet and shut out all of the noise um, that can come through social media and um, just looking at what everyone else is doing and instead keep our heads down and just walk the path in front of me and not worry about all the
0: noise. Oh, that is such a great example. I think collaboration is the, you know, creative version of the thank you note. When I was a social worker, Uh, I had supervisors and I know people do this all over the world in different ways. Um, but she you know, if you have a client that's really driving you crazy, you need to sit down and write them a thank you note, you know, and tell them why you're grateful for them, what they're doing well, um, you know, and send it to them. And they probably have no idea why you just sent them a thank you note out of the blue. Um, but it helps like, realign your thinking and and shift from being so annoyed, um, to looking at the good and really partnering with whoever you're working with. And so I love your example of collaborating as an artist, whenever you're feeling, you know, those tinges of jealousy or comparison, that is such a great example and idea.
1: Yeah. I love the thank you note. That's a, also, I think I'm going to take that, um, you know, that, to realize there's got to be something good in every situation and to focus on that instead of how annoying things are, right?
0: Oh, exactly. I I just did a big gratitude project for the 100-day project because I was really struggling with a lot of stuff personally and just being unhappy in general, and it it just shifts everything. You know, whether it be towards a certain person or just your life in general. Gratitude just it makes all the difference, you guys. Absolutely. Uh, so what is your favorite resource for creativity?
1: No, I love Pinterest. I'm not going to lie. I keep um, boards on Pinterest each season for inspiration, mostly the colors. And I look through that um, to see the themes Uh, when I'm struggling to narrow it down you know when I stand in a leather store and see all the colors and all the things and I want to do it all um really going back to those boards and looking at no look at all these themes that this color popped over and over and over that's really what I love and what is really me this season or whatever um So I really love Pinterest. Um, It's such a great resource and a tool. But um, I've been reading a book called Story Brand by Donald Miller, and that has given me so many ideas. I'm actually taking notes as I'm reading because so many ideas and things have been coming to my mind. So I found that um, to be just so inspiring and uh, such a good resource, too. If you've never read it, it's a great book.
0: Yeah, I actually took the Storybrain class years ago before it was a book. Um, yeah. It's really good, so I need to reread the book and kind of see if it's any different. And just because that's such like a quicker way to be reminded of those. But I love everything Donald Miller does. He has a podcast. He, you know, has wrote, written a ton of books. Um, yeah, he's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, that's uh, so funny. Uh, what a small world, because I just got
0: introduced to him. So I'm so excited when I hear other people say, oh, I love him. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was in college, my my group of, um, like, young life friends, we were all reading his books. Oh, um, awesome. So, oh, and I loved what you said about Pinterest, using it, you know, as your vision. Um, but also as your parameters, you know, to keep yourself on track and on target and not to go crazy when you're in the store and pick out, you know, pinks and purples for fall. That is such a smart use of Pinterest. I love that, you know, and when I've worked with um, like designers for my blog or branding or things like that, they always have me make them a Pinterest mood board. And I'm always amazed at the different way I view Pinterest and use it when I'm using it in that way versus just pinning everything that's interesting under the sun that maybe one day I'll make one of those 10,000 recipes I have pinned. It's so smart to use it that way.
1: Yeah, I think I'm um, a pretty strategic thinker. And so I have to have a purpose in a lot of what I do. So for me, it just makes sense that I would use Pinterest as a tool um, rather than just kind of mindless scrolling or hopefuls. Um,
0: it's a tool to me. And
1: um, so I really enjoy it for that purpose.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a good idea. I hope people um will take that suggestion to heart to also, you know, love Pinterest, but feel overwhelmed by it, that they can maybe narrow it down some um, and use it, you know, to actually launch their creating instead of being a stall point, which I know it is for a lot of a lot of creative people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so vast.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Uh, So tell us what is new with you? What can we be looking at? coming from you right now
1: um we have a fall collection launching this week i'm so excited make sure that you definitely check that out and follow along on instagram that's usually my place um, to hang out i'm in stories a lot but i have some really exciting things that i can't mention quite yet exactly what's coming but um be on the lookout i have some new things launching this year as my um, youngest baby is just starting school and so I have a little bit more time to dedicate to business and so there's some things that I have been just waiting to be able to do that are coming um in the next couple months here so right now though I am so pumped about the fall collection like I said the colors and textures oh all oh, the textures are so good
0: I cannot wait to see it. I love your work so much. It's so beautiful. It's, it's so colorful and fun. Um, and like I said, you've got some good classic pieces in there. So I hope everyone will be able to find something they love. And that's like you shared about earlier, when you, know, you buy pieces like this from fair trade makers and handmade makers. You can know where your pieces came from and you have that story that goes behind that, that you know that you created good with that purchase. And and you'll be able to remember that every time you wear that beautiful necklace, it's not just, you know, pretty beads. It is fighting sex trafficking. And I just love that you are just so generous with your time and your money and um, everything that you're doing. Ashley, I love that you're making it possible for us to also use our creativity to create good in the world as we shop and support you. Thank
1: you so much. I hope that everybody can realize that they can do it too.
0: Yes. Yeah. I I really hope that this um, How She Creates Good series is really inspiring people to look for new ways that they can use their creativity to create good in the world, no matter what it is. Like Ashley was saying, baking brownies for someone in need, sending thank you notes to people, um, donating to amazing organizations, going and visiting them and working with them, whatever it is that you're doing that's using your creativity, it's creating good. And I just love it. Make sure that if you are doing awesome things like this, that you're using the how she creates hashtag so that we can see and that you're tagging us on Instagram. Um, and like I said, all of the show notes will be at lauren-likes.com podcast. And so you can find links to Ashley, links to the fall collection, links to everything that we talked about in here. And catch up on any episodes that you may have missed there too and share your stories with us. So thank you, Ashley, so much for being here. And I hope you guys have a great week until another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at laurenlikesblog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.